This episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size is from episode number 441 of the Pacey Performance Podcast. And it's all about developing youth football players or developing youth athletes and how we manage intense periods of growth and maturation. And it's Perry Stewart at Arsenal Football Club who kicks us off. But just before we do dive into this episode, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So Rock Daisy's best-in-class athlete management system provides a powerful competitive advantage to organizations throughout the NFL, NBA, NHL, NCAA, and other elite sports leagues around the world. If you're looking for a solution that enables you to centralize, analyze, and visualize your data, check out rockdaisy.com and sign up for a free trial. Just moving on to the next point, and I'm going to come to, um, I'm coming back to you, Perry. Managing the periods of rapid growth and maturation, and feel free to, Jack, Matt, dive in whenever you uh, whenever you want. And this was from Kirk. Uh, when upon registration, putting this um, putting this question in, and there was quite a few questions that I kind of amalgamated into this this one. How do you manage periods of rapid growth and maturation at, at Arsenal? I think the, the first point to manage in any situation is you have to be able to assess it, right? So, and this is not new to anyone, but you know, ass- assessing um, growth and maturation are slightly different. Growth being, you know, um, the stature and maturation being more. Um, well, obviously, we use sort of somatic type assessments, right? So, we use uh, Karmas Roach, and then what you what we need to do is we, we need to be um, really aware of that we're reporting it in, in a meaningful way. So, you know, I'm sure we've all, you know, I, I know we've all been on the same journey where we've gone right. Growth and maturation is really important. Okay, let's 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 measure it, and then we've gone right. We've got all this data, or we've got these measurements. What does it mean? How is it how is it impactful? And then, you know, over time, we've come to the realisation, you've probably done a bit of a full circle, and we've gone, well, actually, we probably don't need to act on the data purely on data's sake. Um, it's probably feeding, feeding into what Matt and Jack were saying earlier, the data we shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be dictate everything we do. So, I mean, we have a sort of a, a you know, the triple threat for us would be, are they approaching or circa PHV? Are they growing above 7.2 centimetres in a year? And then probably the most important one, are they symptomatic or showing signs of any growth-related injuries? So if you've, if you've got the, the trifecta, then yes, we're going we're gonna to actively um, manage you or modify you. But we, we've also got to remember that, you know, the, 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 the high rates of growth and, and different stages of maturation will affect different players in different ways. So you could have a player that has the trifecta, but isn't actually, doesn't need to be modified that much. Um, equally, you know, you, you might have someone that doesn't have all three, but still needs to be managed in a slightly different way. They might be post, but they still have symptoms and that high growth rate, for example. And then it's about managing the player because, you know, the, the nature and the sites of the injury, what we can do is we can, um, we can manage it so that they can stay on the pitch. So if we modify the session, the likelihood is they've got opportunities to stay on the pitch as opposed to dragging them off like, you know, the older age groups that have uh, muscle and tendon ligament, you know, issues that, yeah, obviously they need to be offloaded and they need, they need time to recover. Growth-related injuries are slightly different. And certainly my, my experience with working with the physios is we can be a little bit more um, proactive in, yes, look, they've got this, this issue, this growth-related issue at the moment, but actually we can modify it by not allowing him to do two consecutive days training or by uh, reducing his match minutes or um, by not doing any knee dominant exercises in the gym or giving him a separate program. So I think it needs to be highly individualized. We need to obviously assess, we need to report it in a meaningful way that the coaches understand. And, and also 
what's really important, I think, is is letting them know what are the implications of of this stage of, of growth. Um, you know, adolescent awkwardness being one. So is it going to affect their technical performance? Are they likely to get over it and come back to a certain um, standard? Um, you know, so from a talent ID point of view, if someone's more mature, likely to be physically more advanced and then outperform other players. Um, you look at it from an injury perspective as well. You've, you know, you, you get different types of injuries at different sites through different stages of maturation. So can we be proactive in mitigating those risks? Um, so I think from a, from a, even, and obviously, you know, you look at Lloyd and Oliver's work and, and the and rest of the great guys that talk about, you know, the different stages of, and what we should be doing from a strength and conditioning point of view. So there's so many implications and it's about relaying the information to the right stakeholder in the right way, in a, in a meaningful way. And that was a little blur there. So. No, no, it's great. No, no, don't be silly. Matt, anything to add? Uh, I think if you asked me the question, the same question 10 years ago, I'd have given you an unbelievably scientific answer on how much we reduce by 10%. And, uh, you know, we make them bounce players or we make them floaters and we, you know, we reduce everything by a certain percentage. And in the gym, we do exactly this. And, I think it's really important that, and it's the worst answer you can really give of like, it is individual and it, it has to be taken individual. So what, why would I stunt somebody's development in strength, in power, in technical, in whatever it is, just because they're going through a growth spurt? I don't think for how, this could last for six to 12 months. So why would I stop this lad developing, um, you know, for, just because he's going through rapid growth? So even if a lad has an issue with it or, or symptoms or whatever you want to call it, um, I kind of see it like a graphic equalizer where in all four corners and different areas as well, we always have to be developing in every area. But it just means that sometimes during their development, kind of different faders go up and different faders come down. Um, and so if a lad is symptomatic and he can't train as long or as hard or whatever it is, it's like, well, what? you've got to have a, an environment that is a what can they do environment. You know what I mean? If, you, if you're a parent, you're dropping your kid off, you, you've cut, you left work early, sacrifice some salary for it so he can come to, to Tottenham or to wherever he is. Um, and he sits there with an ice pack on his knee and then comes back home or he's done some releases or whatever it is and, and got back into the car, hasn't got any sweat on his kit and, and, um, and hasn't really done a hell of a lot. I, th I think we'll... Is that a true use of his time? You know, I think it's so. So what I'm getting at is, uh, it is all individual, unfortunately. Like I think everything has its own case. I think some of it isn't seen um, just because it's measured, or it, just because the data says that there isn't an issue, doesn't mean that there isn't. So sometimes the coach can be the best eye. I've all heard about the coach's eye and all, all things like that, and. The eye of you watching training, I think it's 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 massive, you know. And you you know something's not right when you see it. You know he's not moving right. You know he's not performing well, or whatever it is. And I think that's then where the experience in the building has to come in. And the lads aren't quantifiable robots, you know. They, we can't get a number on everything. And I think some of the stuff that when you edit training or uh, edit your gym session unfortunately it's a lot of it's on feel you know a lot of it's on feel and just like how that lad is and knowing what he's normally like and what's he like now okay well sometimes a lad's going through rapid growth and you can put your foot down the accelerator a little bit and 
and push him on, you know, and the, and the opposite is like, well, actually, is this an opportunity where we can really get some gains in this? Um, and so I think we can't view, because I think whenever you get into academy football or, or a youth development, your first thing is, all right, I need to know everything about PHV. And so you look through everything you can, and you're like, well, I don't really know what to do with it because the, all research kind of conflicts. It's because it's so individual. And I think um, that you have to build up the years of experience, but also use the experience of the people around you that may have seen it and, and lived it and, and got so many different case studies of examples um, to truly be able to act on each case. Sometimes you get it wrong. Of course we get it wrong, but we can't get it right by not wanting to push boundaries and, and improve people, you know what I mean? And so I think that that's, that's kind of key and um, it's the way I kind of see it. Jack, anything to add from your perspective? Yeah, only a little bit. The guys have covered it, really. I think, um, yeah, you've got to be progressive, absolutely. You know, a lot of talk in there. And it actually annoys me about this whole sports science being limited because that's certainly not um, it's not how we work. And I don't know any coaches, fitness coaches that, you know, I talk to on a regular basis that are like that. I think maybe just there's a lot of, you know, noise and around injury models etc but that's another, that's another story i think what he's talking about there in terms of observing the training is massive so from the coach using the eye so all of a sudden have they lost their basic technical ability you know not not completely but they look out of sorts and the same in the gym and then again that's the communication with the coach um making them aware of what to look for as well a little bit um and there was one other thing that's escaped me I think, you know, just... Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, just the thing was to work back from the game. So that's always something. So you will get players who do struggle um, to tolerate load, training load, you know, and you can't say, oh, he, you know, people criticise and say, you can't say day on, day off. But actually, when you've worked with that player for a year and you know he can't tolerate load, that is the right thing to do. So... You know, you're not being a limiter, you're just doing the right thing at the end of the day, but you're working back from the game. So if the biggest development um, for that child is to play in a high quality game against good opposition, then the training program preceding that needs to be adapted so that he gets as many minutes in that game as possible. So again, that's just where the joint up thinking comes, sharing of information, planning in advance, especially with that age group. There's so many tournaments. All of a sudden, under-15s are playing up in 16s, 14s are playing up in 15s, so they're fulfilling their fixture plus another fixture. So it's just about looking at what's to come as well and really managing those um, training and match schedules. Sorry. Sorry, you're right. Sorry, All I was going to say was uh, that I agree the coach's eye is going to be is, is incredibly important, but then it's the role of the MDT as well. So... I think, you know, if a coach says he's off, he's technically, you know, worse than he was last month and you've got the data to hand to go, well, actually, now you mention it, he's growing at X. And then it gives them that, um, gives that player a bit, of, a bit of leeway, a bit of compensation. So I think that, yes, coach's eye is important, but without the data, you can't then back up what the coach is saying to you because it could just been an off day for him. But if you can, if you can, you know, with a, with a solid rationale say, well, actually, look, is at this stage, he's growing at this rate, you're seeing this, the physio is saying that, um, you know, whatever it may be, then I think the role of the MDT to manage, because it is a very vulnerable stage and it, it is vulnerable to varying degrees for the different players. 
So it's the role of the MDT really, including the coach and, and, and everyone else involved, to then help manage the player if needed. And if it's not needed, fantastic. And they sort of go, go along as, as, uh, as, as we all planned and would like to see. But there are cases that do need um, intervention. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Sides. So this clip came from episode number 441 of the Pacey Performance Podcast, and that can be found on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today, and I'll chat to you next time.